I've got a good one for you today. He just told me, Pandy, Pandy, I do these all the time. I'm fine. No prep needed. Sad part is he, he fails to remember who I am. Oh, that's right. I'm Pandy Pridemore, and you're listening to The Human Resource. If you live in Cincinnati, or if you have anything to do with Sherm, you know my next guest. I mean, if he tried to walk through a crowd of people and someone not recognized him, he would fail terribly. And you know, the worst part is, I've known him, oh my gosh, I've known you for over 20 years. Absolutely. In fact, I know what he looks like in a pair of basketball shorts. Because he was the basketball coach for my daughter. I'm talking about Steve Brown. Steve Brown, who is the author of HR On Purpose, among other books. But we're only going to talk about this one because I only have enough time to talk about this one. Fair enough. <laughs> You're not offended? Not at all. <laughs> you know, it just means you have to come back. I would be glad to. That'd be fun. <laughs> He is always this nice. He always is. And and I think sometimes I've always overwhelmed him. But, you know, like I said, when you know somebody for 20 years, he knows that I have a very strong voice yelling off the bleachers and that my daughter would sometimes look at me and go, Coach, tell her to be quiet. <laughs> he always handled me very well. But this was impressive. I, no, I'm serious. I, I, I Yes, I have high respect for you as an HR professional, but an author. Yeah. What inspired this? I had several people at presentations I did say, hey, you have great stories. Why don't you write them down? So I've been blogging for a little over a decade. But I thought if I could write something outside of that and just see if I could do it, we'd see where it went. So I went to my local haunt down the road from where I work. And I said, if I could write a chapter, I'll make it happen. So I sat down and wrote something completely new. And I thought, oh, I can do this. And then it just took off from there. Now, I, okay, we, we, we all know you're not all HR people, right? You're, you're watching this show or you've been listening to the podcast for the, for, uh, since we've been doing this. And you're not necessarily a professional HR. But let me tell you something. This book really speaks to what's going on right now. And, well... If you've been watching the show, you know I do this to books. But um, I was really impressed with the fact that you're you're literally holding the hands of some of these individuals. And, and I think, okay, you can argue with me if you want, but I think chapter four should have been first. I think the I chapter four. The order. Oh, come on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't cite it. <laughs> yeah. Chapter four, if you buy the book, you have to read chapter four first. Because, let's be truthful, if you aren't happy and you don't, if you aren't comfortable being uncomfortable, because HR people have to be uncomfortable. Yes. And that, you, you emphasize that over, but if you, some people just aren't meant to be in HR. Oh, absolutely true. It's unfortunate. Too many people get into HR for various reasons. Some of them fell into it when you asked people, how'd you get in? Yeah. I accidentally was brought into it. Or they were the nicest person at the office. <laughs> and, and let's make those people the HR people. Or they did really well at accounting and we need to find them somewhere. Uh, without understanding the challenges of working with others, 
I think it's a mistake to go into the field. I think it was a, uh, was it uh, Harvard Business Review? I think uh, one of them did a survey and asked what employees want from their employers. And the very first thing was an employer that would care about them and be aware of their well-being. Uh, second, ethical. Third, transparent. And fourth, they wanted an, uh, an employer that would appreciate diversity and inclusion. Steve, you mention every one of those topics in this book. Now, you wrote this book way before, so maybe they copied from you. Maybe. Maybe they read. I, I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a trendsetter. Oh, you're sorry. ahead of the time. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but let's think about it. If, if, if someone's in that role and they aren't willing to go out on, uh, as you say, go out on the man- manufacturing floor and understand who their people are, how can they possibly help the company pr- achieve their strategic goals or any of their expectations? I don't think they can do it as effectively as they could. However, one of the things I keep seeing is how companies view HR within the organization. There are still too many organizations that don't want HR to be the caring person. They don't want HR to be away from their desk or on the manufacturing floor. They want them to be compliance officers, basically, uh, people that keep things in line, keep things, things confined. And what they've missed completely is if they were more empathetic, if they were more people-centered, if they were more out amongst everybody, virtually or in person, uh, they'd realize that all the things that they're trying to do would come much easier. You talk about perspective and approach. And you, in your book, described about how you had to be resistant to some of the leaders that you had. And that's a little hard for some of these. I mean, because some of our younger professionals are, they're very non-confrontational. We can, we can barely get them to shake hands and give eye contact. They're great technical, but what, what, what do we tell them? That's a tough one. I think so much of our experience was more growing up and growing through it. Getting the bumps, getting a skin knee, getting told no, failing, yeah. uh, being willing to step forward to represent both the employee and the employer. It takes a little more intentionality to do that. However, if people would just sit back and go, I like how people approach me. If they can think of who they like, hey, if Pandy approaches me and I find her approachable, that seems to work. And then you say, okay, if that works, then duplicate that. Keep doing that. Call somebody out and say, gosh, Steve, you're awful difficult. Well, what do you mean by that? And then sit back and get through the tough conversation. But to step away from it, people just become miserable. It, it, I actually love the, the story about Fred. Now, you know, again, I describe myself as an old shoe. Because, and, and you kind of reinforced that with Fred. I'm sorry, your mentor. Yeah. Uh, Fred and I both started in a time when it was the personnel office. And, you know, when I was 19 years old, 18 years old and starting in HR, uh, everybody was still, men were in ties and suits. Women were, you know, had to dress well and mostly in uh, heels and, and dresses. Everybody was Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. 
And there wasn't a lot of touchy-feely. There were, I mean, it was, we were administrators. Sure. And so when I started out in retail, so I was walking the floor, very similar to what you were doing. Um, how do we encourage them to understand in such a relaxed environment where sometimes the HR person doesn't even meet the, with these remote workers? They don't even meet their workers. One of the things I think that we're missing is the generations that are in the workforce now, the ones that came after us, they're honestly more connected than we've ever been naturally through technology, through communities, through groups. And if you could sit back and go, hey, you know how you're connected to all these people socially? What if you do that at work? Show them how to take the skills they already know and apply it in the workforce. I have a friend who her son started for a large company here in Cincinnati and never met his supervisor. It was right before the pandemic. Didn't meet him for two years. Gosh. When he was on Zoom, and, and, and the supervisor was older, okay? The younger person wanted to connect. The older person was, I'm tired of Zoom. I'm going to turn my camera off. So for two years, he never even physically saw his boss. He almost left the company because he was looking for that natural yearn to connect. And his boss says, you know, just do your job. It was not an HR person. But we have to teach those that manage others how to connect. HR is done more by people who lead others than it is by HR professionals. So if we can equip those people managers, hey, boy, Steve, it's really good to do this because. Hey, Pandy, it's good to do this because. Let me give you a story about how this really works, a Fred story. Then people go, oh, I get it. But if we talk about work and not people, it's harder to do. It really is. Another survey that I was reading, and I'm trying to think where it came from. I didn't bring it with me, but it was talking about how the younger generation wants to know their status and their purpose. The very last thing they want to know is is what, what the problem is or what, what the challenge is. Yet, when employers talk to their employees, it's just the opposite. Absolutely. They dead center right in on, hey, why'd you do this? And I needed you to do that. And their status is the very end. Right. And your book specifically says, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who you are watching this or listening to this. HR on purpose specifically helps you understand why it is so important to connect. You talk about communicating and training in here. And I think communication, you could have put more in, in on just the communication aspect. And we all communicate so differently. Yes. Uh, I'm often saying perception is 99% reality. And our perception as HR people really has to be flexible and, and constantly adapting to who's around us. Right. I think to that point, Pandy, uh, that's more refreshing than how many people practice. <laughs> uh, I... I I believe if I meet each person individually, then the, the whole works. If you keep trying to do blanket things, yeah, it doesn't. One-on-one -on -one is harder. One-on-one -on -one takes more time. One-on-one -on -one takes more effort. But all the other stuff that we keep trying to work on, uh, focusing on strengths, got to do it individually. Focusing on diversity, got to do it individually. Uh, focusing on value and status and purpose, got to do it individually collaborative or, or overarching HR has never worked, ever. So I think by taking care of communicating with each person, talking to each person, spending time with each person. 
And that takes time. Sure. But when we're talking about retention as as the biggest challenge, and you're much more of a recruiter than I am. You you understand that talent management field much, much better than I. I'm more on the compliance legal side. But you are dealing with questions all the time from your network and, and people that you work with that, you know, if we... If it's really that easy, why aren't people doing it? If they aren't connecting with their employees, why aren't they? Come on, really? <laughs> I think it's hard. Uh, it, you would think it'd be more natural. But what's funny is when you hear the message that people aren't worth your time, and we hear that from senior leadership and have heard it from senior leadership for far too long, they're finally realizing they were wrong. But in the past, it was, you know, hit those numbers, get these measurements, hit these results. And you go, but people make those things happen. And they went, what? No, it's just, you know, it's just it's, what? Yeah. It's a switch. It's, we just flipped the switch. When did people start being involved? <laughs> and so now they're going, oh my gosh, I've ignored people for so long that they're catching up. The organizations that are moving in that direction or heading that direction, they're going to be fine. The ones that continue to use the old model including huge brands, are struggling. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but last I heard, payroll and, and the cost of an employee altogether, all the comp- everything going into compensation, it's like 30% of a, of a budget in most cases. That's Absolutely. pretty common. Absolutely. Yeah. So if 30% of your budget when you run your company is focused on this area, would you not want to take care of it? You'd think so. It's funny. You'll see in companies, you know, People are our number one asset. We believe in human capital, all of these phrases, but they're not worth our time. The great difference about the new people coming into the workforce to me is this. They're willing to walk. You and I weren't. Yeah. We grew up in a time where we understood if we don't work and provide, our family doesn't do well. What I admire and where the workforce is changing is the saying, if I don't find those things that matter to me, I'll go find a place that does yeah. allow that to happen. Yeah, Employers have to respond. Well, and, and in, in your book, you also say that HR is culture. Yeah. You know, it, if, if that person isn't demonstrating eating, sleeping, drinking, walking, talking, the culture, and if it's the wrong culture, then that person needs to be out of HR. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, when I came to La Rosa's, the person who was there before me, they were said, well, we were struggling with her and she was really damaging the culture and all, I mean, just never, not many positive things at all. I said, then why didn't you address it? Why didn't you go to that person and say, look, these things aren't helping us move forward? And the company said, well, we can't touch HR. And I went, oh my, I don't know who told you that, but- My I, job's secure. Yeah, I, I think everyone's an employee. So I said, let's try this again. If I'm not adding these things to the culture, you should address me. You should get rid of me. If my team doesn't do this, you should address them or I should address them. They were floored, floored by that. Oh, I'm never speechless. Trust me, I'm never speechless, but I just am trying to choose my words carefully (laughs) moving forward. Steve, I'll tell you, I... I am so glad that you came on today. I know it took a while to get you here, but we're going to have you back. Because after all, we only talked about one book, and that's HR on Purpose by Steve Brown. 
And maybe I'll tell you something else that I know from his past on the next show of The Human Resource. My name is Pandy. Thanks for coming, watching, and listening. See you again.